Blog Talk Radio. Hello listeners, welcome to another internet broadcast of The Unexplained World with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal spiritual observer, psychic reader, and channeler. Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. Mercedes, an accomplished paranormal investigator, spiritual feeler, and solitary practitioner. The Unexplained World is a location where the line between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Hello listeners, welcome to the November 16th broadcast of the Unexplained World. With your host tonight, Edward Shanahan, that's me, and Mercedes. Hello Mercedes. Hello Mercedes. Hello, hello. Mercedes, you there? Okay, hopefully this can be heard. Um, we're, okay, let me see. I'm trying to get Mercedes on, and let's see what's happening. She's showing up on the call-in. Okay, well, tonight, <laughs> hopefully this ain't no signs of things to come. Uh, tonight, our guest is hold on hold on hold on hold on okay mercedes you there hello yeah okay how you doing i'm fine you there okay yeah you there can you hear me yeah i can hear you okay all right uh yeah okay the uh when i clicked on your your microphone on my screen it didn't come up so that's why it looked, you know, I didn't hear you at first. So, oh, okay. But, uh, okay. Uh, tonight, Annette is out on, she's out, I was going to say out on the town, but no, she's up in Wisconsin uh, visiting her grandmother. It was kind of a last-minute thing. She had to run up there. So it's me and Mercedes tonight, and our guest is Bishop James Long. And let me bring the bishop on now. As you can hear, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a little hoarse. I was doing uh, readings last night, and um, it was a long night. And that's why my voice sounds the way it does tonight. Bishop James Long, are you there? I am. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Bishop, for joining us tonight. Um, It's myself, Ed Shanahan, and Mercedes. And um, and we also have our our chat board going. Okay. Our Bishop James Long, he's written a book called Through the Eyes of an Exorcist. And he's a demonologist and an exorcist. And he also is our Archbishop for United States Old Catholic Church. Bishop, I'm going to leave you explain some of that to our listeners. Okay? Sure, absolutely. And um, leave, leave you, you'll be the best at explaining what you do. So... <laughs> Well, I'm the um, presiding archbishop for the United States Old Catholic Church. I did study for the Roman Catholic priesthood for six years, but decided to join the Old Catholic Church uh, for theological reasons. Uh, We are a bit different. We don't believe that the Pope is infallible. We ordain women to the priesthood. Our our priests can be married. Um, Our our priests also have secular positions uh, outside of the church, so... Most of the time, their their secular positions actually uh, fund the church communities, because the church communities is, is not created to make money. Uh, that's not what we're that's not what we're designed for. We are designed for you know specifically to to reach out to those people who've been ostracized you know for for from our our society. And the old the old Catholic Church uh, branched away from the Roman Catholic Church, in actually formerly in 1890s over papal infallibility. And actually, it started around 1870s. But in 1890s, there was a formal split. Now, there was a lot of people who say, well, you're not really Catholic. Well, that's not true. Because Roman canon law clearly states that any church that has valid apostolic succession is considered validly Catholic. 
and we have valid apostolic succession. So we have ordination. We we don't go online and buy a $60 um, okay. ordination certificate. We actually mm-hmm. sh- show our apostolic lines to Peter. That okay. Was, was essential. Okay. Now, does uh, side of my curiosity, does an individual have to go to um, the extreme that a Catholic priest would have to go to to be, let's say, a priest in your, um, you know, as far as schooling goes? We do require that the, that the priest uh, have to attend uh, seminary. We do have a seminary program uh, within the United States Old Catholic Church. Okay. And so if people are are not uh, come to us and they don't have an education, they can they can go through our formation program. Our form, formation program is pretty pretty solid, um, and it's it's stringent. We we, we mm-hmm. there's no cutting corners and there's no well you know you you, you gave us an email so congratulations you 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 succeeded. Uh, there's right. there's some studying and it takes time and so the person really has to go through proper academic and and spiritual formation. Okay, does uh now do you guys hold things like confessions? Let me ask that. Sure. Yeah, we celebrate okay. all seven sacraments. Okay. All right. Very very interesting. Very interesting. Um so basically a individual like me or who's married, who's been married going on 30 years, 31 years as a matter of fact this year, um can if he goes through the schooling or the seminar, like you mentioned, there is a chance that the person could become a priest? Sure, yeah, and, and you know, they have to do. We have worked with several companies uh, regarding psychological evaluations. We require uh, psychological evaluations. Right. Um, we also require background checks and references. So we, we, it's, it's one of those things where we really are, are very careful with who mm-hmm. we choose, um, mm-hmm. and we should be. Um, because unfortunately, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are being ordained um, within the old Catholic movement, independent movement, who are not properly formed. There are bishops who will ordain anybody just to get numbers, and that's not yeah. what the United States Old Catholic Church is about. Okay. And the reason I bring all this up is I wanted to lay the groundwork. First of all, that you do have a background in religion, that mm-hmm. you do have credentials, um, because. Me, my, myself, personally, when it comes, I respect what you do because you are a bishop, etc. Okay, but as you and I know, there are people out there that don't have no background, sure. and basically are hanging the titles of a demonologist and exorcist on their uh, doorfront or their website and uh, going from there. Um, let's get to your book, um, Through the Eyes of an Exorcist. What does that pertain to? A lot of people were coming to me and asking me if I would be willing to to write an educational piece on uh, demonology, and uh, I, I thought about it, and um, you know, of course, it, 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 it took a lot of time, but I decided to um, to go for it. And so this piece is primarily an educational piece about demonology, and um, that's what it is. It's just it's an educational piece. Uh, that someone can pick up and try to get an understanding, a little bit better understanding of demonology, because there's just so much information out there that really is, quite honestly, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. It's just wrong information. And and we have people sometimes out there who claim to be demonologists or Catholic demonologists who claim, well, I have all the answers. This is what it is, period. Mm-hmm. And I, I get really worried about those individuals as well, because very few of them actually have field experience, if any. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of theories, yeah. but when it comes to real field experience, they're lacking greatly. And so that, that that's very concerning because you can have a lot of theories, but unless those theories are put into practice, it's really irrelevant. Okay. And you've been studying, learning about this since, what was the age? Nine. Uh, age nine? Okay. And what, at the age of nine, what was the groundwork for your you know your interest what got you involved well i, I knew since i was a little boy that i wanted to be a priest okay uh, so even at age five i remember pointing at the priest and telling my mom that i want to do what he does so mm-hmm. I, I knew at a very very early age that the priesthood was was a calling 
And I also knew at a very early age that demonology was a calling as well. And that's, people need to understand that the demonology, it is a calling. It's not something you just do because it's fun. It needs to be a calling because when you're dealing with demonology, you're dealing with, a, with spiritual issues that can have a direct impact on your life. And mm-hmm. it's not like a paranormal investigator who goes out and simply you know, investigates a few paranormal activity that's, that's uh, perhaps maybe because of a human a spirit that's wandering around. Uh, when you're dealing with demonology, you're dealing with some pretty serious stuff. And, and a demonologist is one who has to have a very strong, very strong religious life and a very, mm-hmm. com- very committed religious life. And, if, and because, because of that, it, it has to be a calling. It can't be just something to do because you're bored on a, on a Friday night. Or, hey, I think I'll try this type of thing. Exactly. So, it really yeah. it's one of those things that you shouldn't, and I tell people all the time, I, all the time when they come to me and say, hey, look, I'm, I might be interested in, in demonology. Uh, what suggestion would you give me? And I always tell them don't. Mm-hmm. That's my suggestion. If you have children, stay away from it. If it's not a calling, stay away. If it's not a burning desire that you have, don't get involved because the repercussions can be um, can be dark. So let me ask you a question, and I'm pretty you know I'm pretty open about this. Mm-hmm. I do question the fact of demons. Okay, that's just my personal sure. question. All right, and because of what I do, the places I go. Um, I do a thing called Circle of Energy, etc., etc. I've never experienced anything like that. Mm-hmm. Should I just take that <laughs> as a blessing and leave it go with that? <laughs> I think you should take that as a as a huge blessing. And I when I tell people all the time when they say, "Well, I've never experienced it," but man, and I say, "Good," and you don't ever yeah. want to. Uh, it, it really yeah. is something. It's not something that is pleasant, and it's mm-hmm. something that that can change you. It's something that will change you for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. and it's something that stays with you for the rest of your life. And when I tell people, when you get involved in this type of work, you can't close the door. Once you're involved, yeah. that's it. And it, it's it's one of those things that I, I I tell people all the time. Really think about this and pray about this. If you want to get involved in this, ask yourself why. What's the purpose? And if there's any I, I, I uh, mm-hmm. in, in the answer to that question, then that, that's, that's not a good answer. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, the right, answer yeah. is to serve. I will respect that. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in God, higher powers, etc. depending on, you know, what I'm Catholic, but depending on what I respect other people's beliefs too. Okay. Sure. And uh, I will respect, I will respect the fact that maybe I'm protected not to uh, witness demons and thus uh, be grateful for that. What does your, all right, your book. Now, when you talked about your book, it's not one for a person to pick up and then in a month's time go out there and attempt to chase demons, is it? It's just to give them an insight of what you've experienced and what they do. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah, it really is. It's primarily a piece because what was happening is a lot of paranormal investigating team were contacting me and saying, "Hey, look, we we you know we're we're coming up on this issue or that issue, or we're going out investigating. What is this? What does that mean?" And so I thought about we just put it into a book format and then have people read it, and then they can kind of get an idea of what what they're dealing with because the education is power. And so once they walk in with the education that I provide. From my field experience, and also mm-hmm. from, of course, from from book and, and, and knowledge that I received then, then I think then they can kind of get an idea of okay, should we mess with this or should we not? And mm-hmm. so that's that's primarily why why it's there. It's to help people make the decision on you know what we need to step away, and which is happening because a lot of groups are actually contacting um, the Paranormal Clergy Institute. It's an institute that I created specifically mm-hmm. for paranormal groups. Um, to help with the darker side. I will tell you this. Uh, this is something that I don't receive payment on. The Paranormal Clergy Institute is not a 501c3 because mm-hmm. we don't need to be 501c3 because we don't make any money. Right. We, don't, we don't charge. We, right. we, we receive nothing, nothing, not a penny. This is strictly a ministry that we do 
because we want to help people. But I will tell you this. I spent a lot of time, a lot of time on this mm-hmm. type of ministry. I would mm-hmm. not spend this much time and energy on this ministry if I was not absolutely convinced of the possession cases that I have personally seen. So I am 100% convinced, no question about it, no no doubt in my mind, that possession can occur. Mm -hmm. It's rare, but it does happen. Okay. I'm happy that you threw that in there, that it's rare. Okay. Um, Because there's, you know, uh, I just shake my head at some of the things I do read. I respect, you know, like I said, I respect you because how can I I say this without naming no names? (laughs) All right. I don't see you... Pushing demons is the all-powerful type of thing, okay? And that you're the next powerful thing that can um, abolish them. Basically, there's some people on, uh, I guess you could say MySpace, that you know talk nothing about the power of demons, but not the power of Jesus or Christ mm. or God. And, you know, that's what throws me off with them because you guys should be pushing God, not the demons. Um, uh, you you know, know, and that's why I like, that's why I like you. Okay, what I see by by your group. Well, you know, don't get me wrong. Demonic entities can be quite powerful and quite destructive, but they stand stand nothing in comparison to the power of God because I have seen the power of the cross, and I have Mm -hmm. seen what the power of the cross does, in fact, to a demonic entity. I have seen what occurs during an exorcism, during Mm -hmm. uh, the exposition of, of the cross. And my faith, obviously grows tenfold when I see that. But, yep. yes, demonic entities occur, but I, I think anybody who claims to be an exorcist, number one, anybody claims to be an exorcist and doesn't have true, valid apostolic succession, number one, you're not mm-hmm. validly ordained. That's number one. Mm-hmm. If you have no formal training, that makes me very yeah. concerned. Yeah. That makes me really concerned. And number two, uh, well, quite honestly, I'm also concerned about having people performing exorcisms on, on camera. Um, yeah. I would never, ever perform an exorcism, ever, on a human being on camera. would never happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would never happen. Mm-hmm. You can't right. sensationalize the ritual, ever. Yeah. Um, hey. That would be terrible. Now, uh, the minor rite of exorcism, a blessing of the home, is one thing. But mm-hmm. uh, an, an actual, the solemn ritual, never. I'll leave you stick with the demons, I'll stick stick with the miracles, okay? I've seen those, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> but you know what? It is a miracle. It is a miracle when you see the power of Christ work with them. Oh, I believe ritual. that, the, believe me, the healing miracles I've witnessed, sure. and it's it's uh, validated by the doctors. When yeah. it comes out of a doctor's mouth, the only thing he could call it is a miracle. You know it was a higher power. It was sure. a God. You know, and... Uh, I'll stick with those. I'll leave you stick with the demons. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, it seems like you're better prepared to handle that. Um, I'm just an instrument of God. Um, really, I'm, just, I'm just an instrument. I, when I tell people this all the time, I, I, it's not me who's delivering them. I'm just an instrument that God is using. It's God who's delivering them, and God will deliver uh, the person in his time. And that's what I say about the miracles, too. I say there's no human that is causing right. a miracle. They, they're actually, they'll say, a, if you want to call it a lightning rod or whatever, basically to focus on the miracle happening with that. Um, you write about fake demonologists and exorcists. And I think that's kind of a heavy topic for you. Do you want to uh, give people warning signs, basically, what to look for? Well, I tell you, there have been. I think you and I know who I'm talking about, but we'll leave. You know, uh, the person I seen that really. I mean, it threw me off when there was posted that. Um, how did it go? That they felt their their great grandfather had a demon. Can I have one too? And a guy preached the fact that, yeah, it works like a pyramid. It travels through. You know the genes and all that, and I just couldn't buy that. Am I right in that thinking? Well, a lot of people say that it could be handed down from generation to generation, or it's generational, and that's Mm -hmm. biblically speaking, the sins of the father, if you would call it. And I think that's too easy of an answer. Um, And 
we, we don't know 100% as to why people are attacked. I think that is an explanation. But at the same time, I wouldn't be so quick to say, well, your father had a demon, so therefore you're going to as well, because then that really doesn't really help the person's psyche. I mean, when you say, mm-hmm. well, your father, your father had a demon, so hey, you know what, sorry, pal, you might as well go ahead and hide in a corner because you're going to get one too. Yeah, you kind of plant the seed then. You really are. So you kind of yeah. got to be careful about that kind of stuff. But at the same time, there are many theories as to why uh, someone actually does become possessed. I will say that if anyone ever says that they've performed two, three hundred exorcisms, that makes me very, very concerned. Okay. Uh, because the leading, the leading exorcist in Rome hasn't performed uh, three hundred exorcisms, and so that, that to me is alarming. Plus, keep in mind that when, any time you ever see an exorcism performed, which, you, which quite honestly you should never see one, mm-hmm. but um, if you ever see an exorcism performed, an exorcist. Should first of all, after they have all the psychological, after they have all the everything done, they do things that are private that no one else knows. Even the person who is possessed, they have no clue what the exorcist is doing. There are several steps that the exorcist will do, and the person has no idea what they're doing, but the demonic entity will, and the demonic entity will respond to the exorcist and what the exorcist is doing. And I can't go into mm-hmm. details on those things. But mm-hmm. that's one way, that's one confirmation besides the psychological evaluation that you know you're dealing with, in fact, with the demonic entity. Because the demonic entity will know things, will know that what you're doing, and will actually mock you, and will actually say what you're doing out loud. When no one else has any clue, I mean, you're, you're doing things privately, that mm-hmm. nobody has any idea what you're doing. And what you're doing is you're, you're basically provoking the entity to manifest itself. Now, if the if an exorcist doesn't do those steps, and it goes right into the ritual, that that person is not properly formed, at okay. all. Okay. And it's quite dangerous because you could perform an exorcism on somebody who has MPD, multiple personality disorder. And fact, I was just going to ask you if you guys do uh, psychological tests or have well, psychological. Oh, absolutely. And if you don't, I think those people should be held liable, because mm-hmm. if you, what happens is if you don't have or anybody who, for example. Let's say you also have a client who has had a history of mental illness, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, multiple personality disorder, schizophrenia, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and that person claims that they are possessed, then you, the exorcist must, absolutely must do those steps prior to an exorcism. Has to, mm-hmm. because if the person is suffering from MPD, they're going to create another personality. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly dangerous and, and fraudulent. And I, I think you've you, you got to be very careful about this kind of stuff. And and so I, I'm very concerned. There are people now who have went online and have bought their online degree. So congratulations, you're now ordained. And then they yeah. went online, and now they bought a, a, an exorcist certificate. Believe it or not, they actually bought an exorcist certificate for $60, and now they claim to be an exorcist. Or we have people who were once a satanic priest, one month, and a couple mm-hmm. months later, now he's an exorcist. It doesn't work that way. I almost feel sorry. I actually feel more sorry for an individual that may be seeking the help and not knowing, you know, that they may have a men- mental issues, and they come across one of these individuals, and uh, they're probably at more harm, <laughs> you know, after the fact than they were before. Well, it's interesting I had a case, and I also feel sorry for the the true exorcists who know what they're doing and who refuse to perform an exorcism on someone who clearly does not show no signs of of, of possession, as I did recently. I, I there was a case recently where someone um, absolutely was adamant. I mean, adamant that there was a, there was a demonic um, infestation going on in their home, and they wanted an exorcism right now. I mean, they were de- de- demanding this kind of stuff. And we were saying, look, all we need is the proof that you're saying. I mean, you're, she was saying all kinds of things going on in her home. We were like, all we need is proof. You're, you're saying you mm-hmm. have all this proof. Well, just send it to us. And she mm-hmm. would get furious with that, furious. And mm-hmm. we said, we're not, we're, I'm sorry, we're not going to perform an exorcism without this proof that you allegedly have. And there was excuse after excuse after excuse. And that person became irate. I mean, mm-hmm. just irate and called us and cussed us out, and oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. 
Yeah. Um, and so when we do tell someone, I'm sorry, but we can't help you because, quite honestly, there is no demonic infestation or there is no demonic possession, you would be shocked the amount of of hatred, of hate emails that we get. It, it, it's stunning. No, I've been on the Internet long enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Mercedes, there's a couple of questions out there. You want to ask the bishop them? Sure. Um, let's see. What are some major signs of demonic possession that are telltale signs? Well, there's always people always talk about levitation. Uh, there's always you know speaking in, in dead languages or languages that are unknown to the person. Um, strength, uh, extra strength, uh, four or five times the strength of a regular man, uh, or knowing facts and information. That, that they should not know. Those are all some Those are some things of a possession. Uh, there are other. Some, there are some other things, uh, but we we don't really give too much information as far as the real telltale signs. Okay. Or, and the reason being because obviously we have demonologists, exorcists who are who are true to the to the ritual and to the study have to have to be careful about some mm-hmm. of the information to look for because then everybody's going to be calling and saying, well. You know, we have all this, all, all the, all, all the um, information. We have all the signs, and then we'll be spending yeah. our time, you know, chasing our tails. Basically, it would be a form of planting the seed in somebody that might be weak, and you know, attach that uh, what they feel is going on in their life, and then call you up and say, "Hey, this is going on," sure. when in reality it wasn't. Just to um. Okay, that's totally understandable. Your basic things, the things that are common, the common knowledge, are aversion to religious objects, uh, mm-hmm. aversion to prayer, uh, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Uh, those, those are those are signs to look for. Okay. Um, then there was another question. If I don't know if you'll do this, if you would tell uh, the listeners about some of the things that you've personally gone through doing. An well, there's a couple. Um, now let me ask you a question before you even explain. Does the movie? I mean, you know, you can't get away from the movie, uh, The Exorcist. Any part of that factual in what people may go uh, or an exorcist may go through? Well, of course, the, the movie was—it's a little boy who was who was possessed. But um, actually, if you really want to find a movie that's um, pretty similar to actual the, the court case, uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, uh, the movie. Um, her name was Annalise Michelle, and uh, I read the entire docket. I have the the whole document plus the all the recordings of the exorcisms performed on Annalise, and that was pretty accurate. Uh, the movie didn't really um, sensationalize a whole lot. A lot of what she actually endured is what uh, in the movie is what she endured in real life. Hmm. So that that was pr- probably true to its. Um, True to its, its nature, as far as a diabolical exorcism, mm-hmm. which was which was pretty violent, mm-hmm. and of course she died of malnutrition, dehydration, which is common uh, mm-hmm. from uh, someone who is possessed. As a demonic entity, what will happen is they will not allow the person any substance of life, and water and food are, are both substance of life. And what will what will happen is if you offer that to them and they try to consume it, they will become violently ill, even IVs. And so hmm. uh, that is that's quite common. And so the person with Annalise, she died, and they tried. They tried desperately to feed her and and to give her the IVs, and, and but she just she couldn't take it. And so she kept getting become you know, violently ill. Those those things are, are common. Uh, plus okay. um, uh, losing bowel movements, uh, the, again to constant destruction of the will, mm-hmm. uh, and humiliation is is a common theme. Hmm. Have you have when you've been going through doing an exorcist exorcism, has they tried to attack you by any mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But I, I've learned uh, through because I've had a I had a mentor who was an exorcist. Okay. And he was very good. And he was highly knowledgeable, which was obviously beneficial to me. Uh, and little things, I mean, just little things that an exorcist must know, such as. Uh, you go into a home and you have all the information, all the facts, and it's clear that the person is possessed, either transient or full possession. But 
you go in and you always have the nails clipped, uh, their fingernails clipped. And that's because if the person, when the person goes into possession, uh, the mm-hmm. demonic entity will attack the body. And quite often the, the person will try to gouge their eyes out or claw their face up or even claw another person who's, who's present. And so we always make sure that the nails are clipped. Plus, you have to be careful about the tongue and, 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 the, and the, uh, the teeth because often uh, during uh, possession, depending on how violent it can be, if it's diabolical, um, I've had a case one time where someone bit off the tongue. Wow. And so you just have to be very cautious about uh, about those type of and, – and, and restraints. And I'm glad you said that. But one thing, uh, an exorcist, if they just simply walk in and say, well, I'm going to restrain this person, well, no, you're not, because then you're going to find yourself in a court of law because it's illegal. Yeah. Uh, unless okay. you have okay. a waiver that is signed, yeah. you better not yeah. be restraining anybody. Now, if have you ever had a – because I – I don't know. I'm just going to top up the questions as they come to my mind. Have you ever had family members say, hey, come on out because my loved one is, we believe, or possession or something like that? Would you interact in something like that, or would you just need to talk to the person themselves? My personal family members? No, not yours. I'm saying if if somebody's family says, we need you, Bishop, because we feel so-and-so is possessed, yeah, that, you, that happens a lot. That happens, actually, that's, okay. that's, that's most of the reports. Okay. Okay. All right, I just was wondering. Um, we have another have question. Go ahead. In the chat. Um, uh, they wanted to know, um, before you mentioned about how a paranormal investigator uh, shouldn't get involved with um, any of this stuff, and uh, they wanted to know if uh, what they should do if they ever happen to run into anything like this, like who or what would, you know, who should they contact or what should they do? What should they do? What should they do at the moment? If they walk in there and, no pun intended, all hell breaks loose, okay, what should they do at that moment? What would you suggest well, to a paranormal on, team? If you're talking about a possession case, uh, if you're talking about a demonic infestation case, mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. the laity can perform what's called a minor rite of exorcism. And that is a blessing of a home for, for spirits that are uh, kind of, uh, well, demonic spirits. It's, it's dangerous. It can be quite dangerous. And so I, I, I teach people how they can do that, but it's, it's one of those things that you have to be careful about. Um, but now, now the laity cannot perform um, the solemn ritual, which is an exorcism on a, on a human being. Uh, only an ordained uh, clergy member uh, who is assigned to be an exorcist by the bishop uh, can perform such a ritual. So, if if first of all, if a paranormal, and that's one thing that I'm deeply concerned about with the paranormal community anyway, because quite honestly, I'm going to be honest. You know, there's a lot of look. And I'm not trying to insult anybody, but there are mm-hmm. a lot of people within the in the paranormal community, not paranormal groups necessarily. I mean, people in general, the the people who claim to be have all these paranormal haunts in their home. There are a lot of people who are mentally unstable. And what's happening is a lot of groups who are going, and I, I personally have witnessed this, a lot of groups are going to these people's homes um, and doing the paranormal investigations who are inexperienced and walking mm-hmm. into these people's homes. And these people could be, you know, you know what you're walking into because you're walking into someone's home who, who's claiming to have paranormal activity. So either mm-hmm. one, they're telling the truth, or two, they they're they're misunderstanding maybe just something that can be explained logically, or or they're or they're lying for attention or for the crazy. Mm-hmm. And so you you've got to be really careful. And I'm really concerned about so many paranormal groups that are popping up, who are just freely going to people's homes, and not getting some some more solid background on people before walking into their home because they don't know what they're really walking into. So I, first of all, if if I'm a paranormal group and I walk into a home and all kinds of all hell breaks loose, I'm yeah. going to be wondering, now, wait a minute. Who is the who is the person who's supposed to do the history on this house? Who is yeah. the person who's supposed to do find out what, what exactly was going on in this home? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, we have cats being thrown up across the, uh, you know, across the room or dogs being flung or someone being thrown across the room or scratches, foul odors. We have all these things occurring in this home. And we're walking into this. Yeah. 
So that's that's one of the reasons why I put I wrote it in the book. These are the signs of demonic uh, of a demonic infestation. And when you see these signs, or, or if they report these signs, that's when you say, you know what? I'm sorry, we're not going to get involved in this type of case. Here's yeah. the number. You can call these folks, and they might help you. I personally, I've done, I've gone in a, I I deal with the spiritual side. If you, I'm sure you've been to my uh, y'all my MySpace thing, mm-hmm. but I've only. I've been in three houses, and that was enough for me. I'll stick with the uh, more or less because of the people. Even if you tell them, yeah. you know, it's not a bad spirit, it's not this, relax, okay? They still want the, you know, they want the horror. They want the, you know, so it's like, eh, you know what? I can't deal with that because I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist, and, yeah. and no, I'll stick with the public places and stuff like that. I've actually um, had one person, one one family got, got, she got very angry with me, very angry. When I walked into her home and we did an investigation, I said, ma'am, you, you have, and I debunked every single thing that happened into her home, everything. And I mm-hmm. said, well, this is what's happening because of this. This is happening because of this. And I debunked the whole thing. I said, you have no demonic infestation here. I, these are the logical explanations. And she got angry. I have a mm-hmm. demon here. I know I have a demon. Well, no, yeah. you don't. I just told yeah. you. I'll give you all the logical. So I've had people that get furious, but I told them they don't have a demon. <laughs> Where's what's, What websites do you have, Bishop, that people could go look at? Well, we have, of course, the United States Old Catholic Church's website, and that's uh, usocc.org, and uh, the paranormalclergy.com. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and that's really... And you have the MySpace. The MySpace, I think it's MySpace backwards, MySpace.com backslash Bishop Long. I think that's that's the name of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's primarily. And, of course, if if they need to get in touch with us, yeah. uh, I, I, I have uh, some good friends here in Louisville. Uh, their name is uh, Francis with After Dark Paranormal. Uh, I work a lot with After Dark. And so if they need to get in touch with uh, Francis or if they have some questions or they think that there might be some demonic, they can always contact Francis. The After Dark is, is thoroughly cha- uh, trained on de- uh, demonology. And okay. so I, Francis is, has always told me to give her number out. And for that's a contact information. I'll be more than happy to do so uh, if you'd like. Okay, okay. Um, do you have a radio show too, I believe? Yeah, we, we, yeah we're, on the, um, we're on the Para-X Radio network. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's every um, every Wednesday night, from 9 p.m. until 11 p.m. From 9 to 10, it's kind of more of the the fun, crazy. Me and Francis just cut up and act silly, and then yeah. usually from 10 to 11 is when we get uh, uh, kind of a, a more serious. And what we're going to do, and it's pretty interesting, and is we're going to take um, two groups from each state of the United States of America. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to interview them and just spotlight them on Parax Radio Network and just kind of say, hey, look, this is this is your time to let people know who you are and what EVPs you have and where you've been and just kind of give an opportunity to give back to the the paranormal community. Sounds great. That sounds great. And you got a sense of humor for a bishop. That's even you know. <laughs> that's <laughs> you even. have to. You have yeah. to. <laughs> now, have have you seen any? Anything that would be considered really bizarre, somebody asked on the chat board, um, can demons telepathically um, mess with you or, you know, mess with somebody else in the room or, you know, split their head open, et cetera, like that? Well, (laughs) um, split their head open, I I haven't quite seen that. But as far as um, can they mess with people, absolutely, and they will. Uh, what will happen quite often, and I require every person who goes with me, uh, I always have an assistant, always. And uh, mm-hmm. an exorcist should always have an assistant with them, um, uh, and, uh, always, an assistant exorcist. In case uh, something happens to me, uh, they remove me from uh, the premises and the exorcism continues. And so that's another thing you need to you know, pay attention to if that doesn't occur. But um, what will happen often is a demonic entity will know things that no one else will know. And so I always require everybody, uh, and I, when I say everybody, we're, we're talking limited few, very, very limited, uh, just a, a few people who, who, if I have to restrain somebody, uh, those individuals who have to help me restrain. 
or, mm-hmm. or demonologist, lady demonologist, or the exorcist, uh, the assistant. But what will happen mm-hmm. is the, everyone has to go to confession. They have to confess. And there, there has to be an absolution of sins because the demonic entity will know your personal sins. They will know the things that you are incredibly embarrassed by, the things that no one else knows, so your, your darkest skeletons in the closet. And it, and it will mention, and it has many times before, and it will, it will mention those skeletons in front of everybody. And it, it's a form of embarrassment, humiliation. It th- tries to throw the, the ritual off to try to stop it. And it happens. And uh, so uh, people who, who go and participate in this type of stuff have to really go in with a pure, pure state of mind. Oh, yeah, that's cured me. Um, <laughs> I'm wanting to do it. <laughs> um, okay. Where was I going to go? Okay. The living. All right. Mm-hmm. I personally have come across an individual, and I'm just asking if maybe you've, if you believe this is possible, that worshiped evil. And this individual could project harm onto others in different locations from where he was at. What would you would you say that person's possessed, or would you say that person is working within the mind frame of the ability of being able to cast out evil or cast evil upon others? Well, I don't know about possession because there are several things that I would have to do to determine whether or not possession. Is is there? I don't think I he know. was because he was firmly. I guess you could say I don't. I hate to use the word a high priest, but in his mm-hmm. workings, that's what he would be considered. Okay. Well, I would and, say that he's bound to that to a demonic entity or demonic entities, and curses yeah. do exist. Santeria does exist, but at the same time, they are now bound to those demonic entities, and the the hell that they cause other people on earth will be tenfold when they pass away, because the last words that they're going to utter is, oh, God. And yeah. they're going to see the type of pain that they're going to endure. Okay. Uh, and so those people who want to play around with this kind of stuff, who want to play around with the darker side, who think it's fun, who think it would be neat, mm-hmm. uh, when, mm-hmm. when the day comes from when they will be judged, they will see their punishment before it begins. And um, it, it, it is a punishment that I would never wish upon the worst enemy, but it's a, it's a punishment that is fair and just uh, because I have seen curses and I have seen them take place and they're terrible. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I think that it's, it's something that, unfortunately, they're binding themselves to demonic entities. And he he, he basically did, and he worshipped it. And uh, he proved himself that night to me by uh, opening up the palm of my hand for no reason to split open which require like six stitches to close. Now, it's not in my head. Yeah, I get it. Okay. And uh, I believe he proved himself. You know, he was just basically setting out to prove himself to me. And see, and, and, uh, and the thing is that he needs to understand is, although the Satan may have power of the body, God has power of the soul. And I would, yeah. say to you, I would say to him, Satan can do whatever it wants to my body, but it will never have my soul. Your God mm-hmm. is a limit. Your God is a limitless in what it can do. That mm-hmm. is what you're worshiping. You're wor- worshiping a limitless God. Mm-hmm. I am worshiping a God that is not limitless. All right, all right. I totally understand, and uh, that's why I somewhat feel like I'm protected because, you know, my higher power is the God. Now, with this, now here's another question: If a person is not Catholic, Christian, etc., mm-hmm. can this they also be possessed, or is this, this, you know, a lot of people just feel that oh, this is just tied into Catholic thoughts, okay? What is your... Yeah, uh, demonic, uh, demonic possession can occur, whether someone believes in Christianity or not. Um, okay. Possession is not contingent upon belief. So demonic, um, demonic entities, are, are, are their, their existence is not contingent on whether or not people believe in them or not. Uh, the fact is, is they they exist. Period. Mm-hmm. And possession uh, does occur, and it's not contingent. <laughs> excuse me, it's not contingent on whether you believe it or not. Okay. So yes, okay. if you if you play with a Ouija board, if you do seances, if you provoke, if you dabble with black magic, uh, any play with curses, any of those type of things, or whether you're an atheist, or whatever it is, 
um, you are participating in, in black magic, and you are binding yourself to a demonic entity. The problem with seances and Ouija board is you don't have, and I tell people this all the time, the, the, the Ouija boards are not magical. Not, there's, nothing, there's nothing magical about the Ouija board. The problem is you don't have, you really honestly don't have a filter that you can mm-hmm. filter out the good from the evil spirits. You really don't. There is no filter. There's no magic filter that's above everybody that says, okay, only good spirits can come through. Well, it doesn't right. exist. And so the problem is, is you're opening yourself up to receiving bad and good, and that's where the dangers happen. In your opinion, why do they still sell the uh, Ouija board in the toy stores without no warning as you would get on a video game? It makes money. It's a capitalistic world. <laughs> yeah, okay. People still buy it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. I I just had to get that, you know, I just had to oh, yeah. throw that out because that's the debate that always goes on, too, you know. It's all and, about money. Uh, do you make any personal appearances? Let me ask you that. Or speak I do. At any, I do. Okay. Um, you got any coming up? Um, I think I have one coming up in, in, in Kentucky in February. I don't charge for my personal appearances or, or talks. I don't, charge, I don't charge for anything. And, and that's an mm-hmm. amazing thing, too. I get so... That's one thing that's discouraging about what I do. You would not believe how many hate emails that I get on a daily basis about, oh, I'm doing this for fame and fortune, and and I just I scratch my head and I think, what are they thinking? Fame and yeah. fortune. There is no fame in this. There's, that, that doesn't yeah. exist. And fortune, I don't charge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, I, I spend my own money when I go mm-hmm. to when I do these talks uh, for gas and lodging and all this other stuff. And so it's 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 phenomenal how many people are so filled with with, with prejudgment without even emailing me and say, hey, look, you charge? Well, no, I don't. No, I don't charge. It's just it's a ministry that I do. And Mercedes, you got another question uh, for Bishop yes. James? Um, the on our chat board, they want to know how many exorcisms you have uh, performed, if you'll say. Uh, tw- I performed twenty-three. Okay. Yeah, okay. In how many years would you say? Uh, it's over 10 years. Okay. I like the fact that you do not... That, go ahead. Go ahead, Mercedes. I have a question myself. Um, I wanted to know what the difference was between um, a demon and an evil spirit. An evil or spirit is, is someone... Uh, evil spirit can be, for example, someone who, who was really nasty here on Earth, who was just really mean, uh, evil, um, but they're limited. They're limited in, in what they're, they're they're limited in what they're able to do. A human spirit cannot manifest enough energy to move heavy objects, uh, whereas a demonic entity can. So a demonic entity, for example, if a huge refrigerator comes flying across the room, you're not dealing with you're absolutely not dealing with a human spirit. You're dealing with one of two things: poltergeist or demonic, one or the other, because a, a human spirit can't manifest enough energy for that. And so, but a, an evil spirit can can in fact uh, manifest enough energy to be um, kind of evil to a point where it's sometimes of slapping, of pulling the hair, uh, making noises, trying to scare you. Uh, but that they're limited. A demonic entity is not. So a poltergeist is closer to a demon than an evil spirit. Oh, well, actually, poltergeist is not. Poltergeist is not demonic at all. Uh, poltergeist is, is energy that's emitted from the from the from an individual who's going through extreme emotional distress. In every single case that I've worked um, with poltergeist, in every single one of them, they, none of them have ever been demonic. What happens is usually there's an extreme emotional distress going on in the home. Either usually some uh, there's fights going on in the house. There's a lot of a lot of emotional distress, or there are children in the home who are going through puberty because that can be obviously of extreme emotional distress. The issue is is when you bring those people out, when you take those people out of the home, the activity will decrease dramatically or sometimes stop altogether. When you bring that those people back into the home, the the activity increases. Now, demonic infestation it doesn't work that way. When you take those people out, you still have a demonic activity. So, therefore it's not contingent on whether or not someone actually exists in the home. But there's always, uh, there's, with, with a poltergeist, it's, it's really the question should be, what is, what is causing it? And it's not a demonic entity. It's the, it's the energy that, that some, uh, either people or, or persons are emitting. And it's, it's usually because of extreme emotional distress. And it has nothing to do with demonology. 
emotions and energy, and energy is what I feel when I go into places. Um, sure. I'm a, basically an energy feeler, and I've been in places that nobody's died in, but I pick up the negative, and uh, usually it pans out that, yeah, there's been some trauma, uh, traumatic, or there's been some bad things have gone on in there emotionally and with no, you know, nobody, no death or anything. It's just the emotions I'm picking up. Um, do you have any other books planned in the future? Um, you know what, probably uh, not. Someone asked me if I would be willing, willing to write about my cases, and, and, and I'm not. Um, I'm not going to sensationalize that. Uh, okay. I, I don't mind talking about a few of them to, to illustrate the dangers that go along with, uh, with demonology and exorcisms, but I'm not going to sensationalize it for the purpose of selling a book. Mm-hmm. Not that not that through the eyes of the exorcism is, is sensationalizing, but I think that through the eyes of the exorcism is is strictly an educational piece. I think when you get into people's struggles and you get into real life stories of what pe- of people's of hell, I don't yeah. think something like that should ever be put on on, uh, on 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 book form so that I can make money off of it. That that to me, I have a I have a ethical uh, moral uh, uh, problem with that. Very nice of you. Very nice of you to state that. Very nice. Uh, the movie, we only got like three more minutes um, because i got to make some announcements in that yet, and there's only eight minutes left in the show. The movie, The Am- uh, Amnival Horror, mm-hmm. has been pretty much shown as being a hoax, I guess, by a court case, by what I've seen. Um, do you feel it was, or you have know you what? studied I, I, it, or I, I, do you just overlook it? Here's what I here's what I'm, I know Tim Yancey and I've spoken to Tim mm-hmm. Yancey personally, and what okay. I can say here's what I can say about the Amityville. I can say that Tim Yancey absolutely firmly 100% believes in the story. Okay. I don't I honestly don't know a whole lot about the story. Um, mm-hmm. I, I well I shouldn't say that. I know a lot about the story, but I don't know enough to say well yes that's a fake or yes it's real. Because I was never given the the opportunity, or never had the opportunity to speak to the actual people who were involved. Tim did, or experience it yourself, or yeah. really experience it. So, I, well, here's what I have to say. I have to say that the evidence was presented. There's arguments for both sides, mm-hmm. and I have to say the possibility exists. I'm not going to say no, it wasn't, because yeah. that then is called argumentum ad ignoratium, argument from ignorance, which means <laughs> okay. that, for example. I can't say there's no proof that witches exist, therefore they don't. Well, now, hold mm-hmm. on. Just because there's currently no proof, that doesn't mean that they don't exist. Or there's okay. no proof that aliens exist, therefore they don't. Well, now, hold on. Just because there's currently no proof, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. So for me, I can't say that it's definitely not a haunting because I just I don't have the evidence to say one way or the other. Okay. I think you just made a bunch of friends out there uh, <laughs> with that statement. Or enemies, depending on who you're speaking to. No, I think you made friends, <laughs> considering the paranormal field. Uh, I think you made friends. <laughs> uh, that was cute. Okay. Uh, Bishop, I thank you very much for being on the show tonight. and uh, It was very enjoyable. I really oh, enjoyed it. It was my pleasure. It. I appreciate you inviting me on. And uh, give your webpage one more time, your webpages for the listeners. Sure. The United States Old Catholic Church is USOCC.org, and the Paranormal Clergy Institute is ParanormalClergy.com. If you need to get a hold of Francis from Dark, you can reach her at 502-773-1883. Okay. All right. Thank you, Bishop, and hopefully you and I will be in contact and remain on each other's MySpace friends list for uh, the future and uh you, you made me open up a little too as far as my way of thinking of things and uh and uh i guess nobody can ask you can't ask for anything more than that that hopefully okay. opens some people's minds up the way they look at things That's and right. uh all right thank you we're going to talk about what's coming up we got about okay. five minutes left thank you all bishop right. sure. and we'll all talk right. to well, you thank soon thank you very all much right. okay bye-bye that was a very nice guest. Very oh, nice. Let me, yeah, I'm trying to, okay. Okay, listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed having the bishop on. Um, it kind of opened my eyes up and 
change a little bit of my thinking, and I think that's basically he can ask for anything more than that. What we have coming up um, next Saturday, November 22nd, speaking of uh, demons, uh, we're going to be at the Haunted Joliet Mansion the last time this year at night, okay, November 22nd. There's still about six openings left for that. And uh, we're going to have the Latin American Paranormal Society there. One of the people coming out is going to have uh, the ghost box with them. Uh, Amy's going to be coming out. Mercedes is tied up, so she won't be there. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, she's going to be... Hopefully, we could do it uh, next year, huh? Yeah. Again. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Get you out there. And uh, the next, our next broadcast is November 30th. Um, I'm trying for a guest, an author, and we're gonna. I'm gonna. I sent the email out today to him, seeing if he'll be interested in coming on. Those people into the tarot and that will be interested. It's called Mass of Tarot, and uh, he is the author. And we'll see if he'll be on. Then December 14th will be our show after that. And guess what? That'll be Mercedes. You won't be able to guess, because you. Oh, I don't know what. <laughs> that will be the start. I'm tongue-tied. That'll be the start of our third year of broadcasting the unexplained world. So, um, yeah, the show goes back three years. First show was in December 2006, and uh, we'll take it from there. I believe we got another caller online with three minutes left. Let's see if we who it could be. Hello. Caller, Hi, how are you there? doing? Who is this? Yes, I'm here. Uh, my name is Minister Virgie Lindsay. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I was calling to see, are you an exorcist kind of like uh, Pastor Bob Larson or what? All right, the bishop is off the line. He's not on no more. Oh, okay. Um, he basically is an actual bishop of a church, and um, he does practice, I guess you would say, exorcism and demonologist by way of the faith of the Catholic beliefs. And um, he is... From the Bible? A man, he is a man of the cloth. So. Oh, okay. Do, do you have like his uh, email address or his website? Because I missed out on the show. You know what? I would definitely suggest that you listen to the archives within 15 minutes at the beginning of the show, I believe I asked him for his website in that. So he I, does give I have it his, out. Uh, okay. I have his uh, MySpace website page. Do you? Okay. Why don't you give it? It's uh, myspace.com backslash Bishop Long. Bishop Long? Yeah. Mm, and then hit, that has all the links to all of his other um, websites on it. All right, then. Thank you so much. Thank you, caller. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, well, we were able to help her. So, again, our next show will be uh, November 30th. I'd like to wish everybody have a nice holiday. Yes, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Mercedes, do you cook or do you go out? Uh, we go to my parents' house. Okay. Someday the kids will be coming to yours, so you better uh, pay attention. <laughs> uh, no, we'll still so. go to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Come on. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Keep on pushing on to Mom and Dad. Okay. Exactly. It's the okay. best food over there. Come on. <laughs> All right. Listeners, you have a good week ahead, a good two weeks ahead. Those, hopefully, we'll see some of you out November 22nd. Our next show is November 30th. Hopefully, we'll have the author on Mask of the Tarot. And then, then, what was it, December 14th will be the start of our third year, and that will be back. Who knows, I may actually be doing readings on that night. Listeners, thank you. Mercedes, thank you very much again. Okay. Okay. Everybody have a good night, good two weeks, and that is all. Good night, everybody.